Hello, BLE bestie, and welcome back for another fun and fabulous episode of Big Lash Energy. It's officially wedding season! Is this how I'm supposed to hold the bouquet? Hi, nice to see you, nice to see you. Uh, which way to the open bar? After almost two decades of working in weddings, I could go on for days and days about all the advice that I would love to give someone who is planning their wedding, and I'm sure I eventually will. But for today, I wanted to focus on one thing. The thing that is the most important when it comes to enjoying your celebration. The one thing I think that most brides are getting wrong. And if you take my advice, I guarantee that you will have the best wedding experience ever. And what if you're not planning a wedding? Well, keep it locked here because in the process of trying to prove my point, I'm going to be sharing all kinds of wild and outlander stories that have happened with some of my brides. And I know everybody loves a good bridezilla moment. (laughs) So step away from the itinerary, seating charts, and reception playlist, pour yourself a mimosa, and get ready to learn the best way you can ensure that you have the most amazing wedding ever. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favourite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. I'm about to share a very unpopular truth with you and don't come at me, okay? Are you ready for this? You don't need a wedding to get married. What? what? What did she just say? What? That's right. You don't need a wedding in order to get married. In Canada, you could just go to the courthouse, sign the paperwork, and call it a day for the low, low price of $300. In fact, I looked it up. There's a three-step process. You complete a marriage license application, provide two pieces of government-issued identification for each person getting married, and then have at least one of you attend in person to pick up the license. That's it. That's All you need to get married. You don't need tastings, heart players, friends in matching dresses, outlandish floral arrangements, horse-drawn carriages, flights to Mexico, high-end makeup artists. Wait, you know what? Scratch that. Keep the makeup artist. You still want to be cute, you know? (laughs) Anyways, where I'm going with this is that while you don't need any of that stuff, it's all nice to have and it's all very expensive. In fact, the average cost of a wedding in Canada in 2023 is $30 thousand dollars. But considering I work mostly in South Asian weddings with multiple events and guest lists that could top over 500 people, that number can get much, much higher. So keeping in mind that none of this extra stuff is necessary, if you're dropping 20, 50, or even a hundred thousand dollars on something that could set you back only 300, you better be enjoying yourself. So seriously, if you're not having fun, What's the damn point? Just spend the $300 and save yourself the headache. Recently, I was trying to figure out how many brides I've worked with over the course of my career. So I've been working at weddings for 18 years. If we assume that I only did one wedding per weekend, that would total 972 brides. But the truth is, I usually do between two to six per weekend. So knowing that, the number is actually closer to three to 5,000 brides. So you get the point. It's been a lot. At those bookings, I'm in their homes, 
in their personal space. And most of my clients spend more time with me than even their groom or their parents on their wedding week. So trust me when I say I'm a bit of an expert when it comes to weddings. On top of that, I've planned two weddings of my own. One that was super low budget. We're talking flowers that we stole from high school and balloons as decorations. Don't judge me. I was only 19. And the other one was very over the top. So in other words, I'm not just a wedding day vendor. I'm also a wedding survivor. (laughs) While I'm doing a wedding, I'm often looking around asking myself, is she having fun? For example, in South Asian weddings, the bride gets ready often super early. Like we're talking, we start hair and makeup at between 3.30 to 4 in the morning. So she's totally sleep deprived, alone in a room with her makeup artist who she's likely never met before. Maybe the artist is fun. Maybe she's not. But regardless, she's not around the people she loves because she wants the photos of everyone's reactions when she's ready. Then after a very brief hello to her family, she walks into her living room to a photo backdrop done by a decorator where a photographer is going to pose her for photos again alone while her extended family slowly arrives to the family's house. Everyone else mingles, sips cha and enjoys the morning while the bride gets 45 minutes to an hour and a half of pictures of herself alone in one corner of her house. So I stand there waiting so that I can finish touch-ups and pin her chinny. But as I'm watching, I often wonder, how many photos does she need of herself alone on her wedding day? I can only imagine the photographers take between two to 600 photos. Maybe her photographer is cool and fun to be around, but maybe not. Either way, if it were me, I'd rather take 15 minutes worth of photos and then eat and mingle with my family and let the photographers get photos of that. But what do I know? After that, she goes to the temple and hides in a bridal room so that no one can see her until the groom enters. The groom's side has a number of ceremonies to do first, and they're not always on time. So she could end up sitting in a little room alone again, waiting for the ceremonies to finish for one to two hours. Again, is she having fun? If it were me, I'd stay at my home longer with a couple of my closest friends instead. Then I'd arrive to the temple after the groom has come so that I was relaxing in the comfort of my own home instead of in a bridal room all by myself. I've put this idea past a few of my South Asian clients who complained about this part of the day and they all responded with, oh my God, how did I not think of that? And I'm not saying that that's the best solution, but it's worth questioning. Am I having fun or what could we shift a little so that I could have more fun? Alternatively, white brides tend to have all their people around them in the morning, but it's not always what they want. I remember doing a wedding for a woman who told me that her bridesmaids were going to be getting ready somewhere else on the wedding day because she didn't want them around her. They were on her last nerve, apparently. So each woman got ready alone in her own home and then came to the bride's house at the time that she told them to be there. They arrived in their normal everyday clothes and within about 30 minutes, they'd all changed into their bridesmaids dresses. So they were about to leave for the wedding when the bride realized that they hadn't gotten the, quote, robe shot. You know, the picture you always see on Pinterest of all the smiling bridesmaids looking like they're about to start a pillow fight in their matching bedtime outfits. So each woman went to change out of her bridesmaid's dress into a robe and sat on the bed. Then the photographer proceeded to spend 20 minutes trying to bring the bride's vision to life. And I sat back watching and thinking, now she's going to have photos of something that never happened. She didn't actually get ready with her bridesmaids that day in outfits or robes that nobody ever wore with friends she doesn't even like. By the time the photos were done and the ladies changed back into their bridesmaids dresses, they were now 45 minutes behind schedule getting to the ceremony. All so that the bride could recreate an image she saw online that didn't represent what actually happened on her wedding day at all. Are you starting to catch on to what my advice might be? 
In my opinion, it's time to stop worrying about how things look in photos and instead focus on how they feel in real life. Okay, so this is going to make me sound like a dinosaur, but back when I started doing weddings, the only things brides had as inspiration were wedding magazines. Remember those? (laughs) It was almost a newly engaged woman's rite of passage to finally be able to go and buy them without looking crazy. They would tear out their favorite pages, slide them into clear sleeves, and then come to their hair and makeup trials with binders full of their dream wedding inspo pics. I remember within minutes of my first fiance putting a ring on my finger, I was at the 7-Eleven dropping dollars on wedding bells, real weddings, wedlux magazines. You would dream of having a wedding as glamorous as what you saw on those pages. So it makes sense then that the ultimate goal as a woman plotting her wedding was to have it featured in a magazine for the whole world to see. Working with my clients, every once in a while, one would say to me, we're going to be submitting, which meant that they were going to be going over the top with decor, photography, transportation, etc., in hopes that a magazine would pick it up. So in other words, Jaina, you better be bringing your A-game because we want this spread on the pages of magazines. But each issue only featured between four to eight weddings, so the chance of making it in was really slim. Since then, things have changed. Now, inspiration can be found on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, and Reels. And now, the wedding vendors and even brides can have tens of thousands to even millions of followers. So if you play your cards right, it's a guarantee you're going to end up posted online and you could go viral or become, quote, Instagram famous. You know, for everyone to see. Hell, even if you didn't get featured, you'd at least post your wedding details to your own social media and then anyone who knows of you could see your wedding. They didn't even have to be invited to see what you planned. So this changed the entire tone of what a wedding needs to look like. Now, couples have the added pressure or challenge of knowing that the whole world might be watching their wedding. If your photographer has 50,000 followers, that's already more people than would have seen your wedding if it made it into a magazine. So now it's almost nauseating how focused on the photos or social media content that some couples can be. I understand the appeal. I mean, I myself was a bride whose wedding made it into a wedding magazine. However, where my issue lies is when we lose sight of how the celebration feels in the pursuit of how it looks. One perfect and also hilarious example was one of my brides a few years back. I remember her photographer was taking pictures of the details for her wedding, you know, laying out her bracelet and her earrings and her purse and all those sorts of things. And when he went to take a picture of her shoes that just happened to be normal, maybe $60 to $80 Aldo shoes, she said to him, if you're going to post my shoes in your social media, can you please Photoshop a Jimmy Choo logo in the bottom of them? Like, honey, you're not wearing Jimmy Choo shoes. If you wanted Jimmy Choo shoes in your photos, you should have bought them. Or as another perfect example, I did a wedding one time where while I was glamming the bridesmaid, I asked her, how do you know the bride? And her response was, I don't. I just met her today. Well, what happened was the bride didn't have any friends locally. So she asked her boss's wife to come and stand in as a bridesmaid, but they'd never met before. It seems so ironic to me that she had this lady stand in as a bridesmaid so the photos would look better, but for the rest of her married life, she's going to have a complete stranger who she has zero attachment to in all of her photos. It was so funny watching them get to know each other while they got ready for her wedding. Actually, I was a bridesmaid once and I'm pretty sure it was to help keep the numbers even because it was one of those situations where when I was asked, I kind of thought to myself, really? 
are we that close that I would be a bridesmaid? I was really surprised that she chose me. She ordered my wedding dress two sizes too small and said that it was because she hoped that I was going to lose weight before the wedding. Yeah. She also asked me to change my hair color because she said it didn't go with her decor. Again, she was more concerned with how things looked than how I felt. I actually haven't spoken to her again since her wedding. Oh, right. The best part was the bridesmaids gifts she gave us. Oh, my goodness. She so proudly handed each of us one of those decorative cardboard boxes. Like mine had flowers and Eiffel Tower pictures on it. Anyways, I was so excited to see what was inside. But when I opened it, I found nothing but a paper printout of my to do list for the day. And then a little piece of paper that said, thank you for being my bridesmaid. Please use this box to store the mementos from the wedding day. Mementos? What kind of mementos? Mementos was I supposed to take from her wedding? Was I supposed to take parts of her centerpieces with me? The silverware, maybe? This made no sense at all. But like I said, I never talked to her again after the wedding because of how badly she treated me. I've had more than one bride be upset that one of her bridesmaids were pregnant because it was going to, quote, ruin all the pictures. I remember defending a bridesmaid to one bride one time by saying, well, it's a blessing that she was able to get pregnant and you can't always control these things when they happen. And the bride said to me, Jaina, it was in vitro fertilization. They had full control of when it happened. (laughs) What? Talking to a wedding photographer one time, she said, my biggest pet peeve is when couples tell me we really want fun photos. And I always want to say to them, then be fun. This made perfect sense to me because I'd seen so many people try to create things they'd seen online for Instagram that just didn't suit them at all. Take this one bridal party, for example. Okay, so they were all very lovely people, but let's just say I couldn't really picture any of them like ripping it up on a dance floor or really letting loose or anything. You get the picture? So they're all standing outside under a willow tree taking group portraits. So when the groom said, I want to do one that looks really cool. So they all stood around brainstorming until one of them said, oh, you guys want to do a dab? Then one of them replied with, what's a dab? And he answered, it's a dance move that's really cool. And then he proceeded to teach all of the people in the bridal party how to do a dab. Just hold one arm straight, bend the other one. Okay, now close your eyes, tuck your head in. They all looked so awkward as they tried to figure it out. And eventually the photographer took the shot of what looked like a bunch of people smelling their own armpits. She rolled her eyes at me, but didn't need to say a thing. I knew exactly what she was thinking. This was so inauthentic for this group of people and the photo truly made no sense at all. I learned the most about the importance of authentic photos when I got married the second time. Now, I told this story about what happened in an episode called Does This Bulletproof Fest Match My Wedding Dress? But what happened to me was that there was a gunman in the lobby of my hotel on the morning of my wedding. So even though I had perfectly chosen every single detail to look good in photos, my photo and video team couldn't come to my room to get my getting ready shots because, well, they'd have to sneak past a mentally unstable person with a gun in order to get to me. And I figured that just wasn't really included in their contracts. So in an attempt to make it up, up to me, my photographer agreed to shoot my groom and I a few weeks later, and the hotel agreed to give us one of the penthouses to take our pictures in. So they gave me the room on a weeknight, which meant that one of my bridesmaids couldn't come because she had to work, and my sister lives in Calgary and needed to get her kids to school, so she couldn't be there either. So since two of my three bridesmaids wouldn't be able to make it, I figured I'd skip out on having any of them. 
but my parents were able to make it. So they came all the way from Kelowna. We took some super beautiful shots of me getting my mom ready. Oh, and then some of my favorites were pictures that we got of me in a very fancy freestanding bubble bath with bubbles all around me, rollers in my hair, laughing, throwing my head back while pouring champagne. Oh my gosh, the pics were perfection. But the only thing is, That was not how I spent my wedding day. With a gunman downstairs, my assistant couldn't come to glam my bridesmaids and I, so I did it all myself. There's no way I had time to kick back and sip champagne while I wasn't sure if my wedding was going to be able to happen or not. My mom wasn't there at all that morning because she couldn't get into the hotel and there's no way my dad could have been there either. But here I was with these beautiful consolation prize photos and I had no emotional attachment to them at all. In fact, as nice as they were to look at, I didn't even bother to get the little hard drive full of the full-size images from my photographer, and I never printed a single one. As pretty as the photos were, that wasn't my wedding day. So I guess what I'm getting at is when it's not what really happened, when it wasn't your actual experience, do the photos really matter? I mean, it kind of feels like a fake orgasm, right? Like you're just putting a big show on to look like you're having fun, but you might not actually be having fun or that might not actually have been what really happened. There were, however, two photos I actually loved from my actual wedding day, ones that were actually taken at my wedding. So one was a beautiful close-up shot that my photographer caught of my fiance wiping a giant tear as I was walking towards him down the aisle. I stared at that photo many times after we got married and thought, wow, that's how much he loves me? And the other photo was from the end of my reception night. I was on the dance floor, lights all around me, and I'd gotten to the part of the night where I clearly didn't care how I looked anymore because I was flailing my hair around. In the shot, half my hair was sweaty and stuck to my face, and the rest was flying around my head. It looked like I had my finger in an electrical socket. I was throwing down on the dance floor. And it was clear from the photo that I had finally relaxed, shaken off all the stress of the day, and was living in the moment with the people I loved, no longer hung up on how anything looked or any of the meaningless details. I was having fun. And that picture is what I wish for each of my brides. They'll ask me about touch-up kits and how do I make sure I look flawless till 3 a.m. And I often say, I hope that by 10 p.m. you're not worried about any of this stuff anymore because you're too busy enjoying yourself. So I guess the best advice that I could give you, and I suppose it applies to life in general as well, is through the planning process, ask yourself, how does this really feel as opposed to how am I trying to make this look? I'm not saying have an ugly, dumpy wedding. There are plenty of things you can do that make sure your aesthetic has been met that wouldn't affect your enjoyment of the day. Have you chosen shoes that will look beautiful in a detail shop, but you know your feet are going to feel terrible after 45 minutes of putting them on? Fuck it. Find some comfortable ones. Are you looking at dresses or outfits to wear that are stunning on camera, but you won't be able to move, dance, sit, or enjoy your day wearing them? Skip it. Find a better dress that you can actually feel yourself in. Are you considering doing three hair and makeup look changes on your wedding day, but that means spending the majority of your time in a makeup chair instead of hugging or talking or making memories with the people who might have traveled from all around the world just to see you? 
Maybe you shorten the pre-reception photo shoots to 30 minutes instead of two hours and be at your cocktail hour. Laugh with your friends. Enjoy them. Toast to the love you found because those are the things you're really going to remember. And let's be honest, you don't need that many photos. Your grandparents who might have stayed together their entire lives probably have one printed photo of the two of them on their wedding day. I'm not saying that photos aren't important. I'm saying that they're not the most important. Instagram clout disappears after a couple days, but family might not always be there. At my wedding, an uncle that was very dear to my ex and I gave a speech. He stood in a few of the group photos and he was there, but there was so much other stuff going on that we didn't really get to spend that much time together. Well, I had no idea that that was going to be the last time I'd see him and that the photos that were taken of him giving that speech at my wedding would be the ones that they would print for his funeral. Enjoy your people. Be present for the love they have to offer you. Remember that you could get married for $300, so everything beyond that is just an added blessing. Take your time. Look around. Soak it all in. The day goes by fast, and I'd hate for your wedding guests to have had more fun at your wedding than you. Instead of trying to find time in your itinerary to maybe do a hair change, why not try and sneak in a moment for you to have some alone time with your new husband? I don't know. I'm just trying to say weddings are about celebrating love. It's all about the emotion. So make sure you don't take the feeling out of it all in the pursuit of pretty pictures. Recently, some local videographers started this kind of trend where, along with the perfectly staged bride and groom portrait shots, they post blooper reels that show, you know, the funny awkward moments where maybe you tripped, fell, said something silly, the dog stepped on the back of the bride's dress, the uncle said something funny, and at the end of the day, I'm telling you, that's the stuff I'd much rather watch because those are the things that show who you are, what was going on in that day, and how everything felt. Anyways, thank you for listening to my little rant. It's just my opinion as someone who's looking from the outside in. Really, the truth of it all is I just want you to feel so good when you look back on your wedding day that you took all the moments to absorb how everything felt. And it's not just about the world's thickest photo album with 5 million photos, because how many picture frames can you buy, you know? But you'll never get that moment back. You'll never get that day back. So enjoy it. Okay, that's all my time for today. I'll save the rest of my rent for another wedding-themed episode. If you know someone who could use some of this advice, could you pretty please share it with them? I hear every time you do, a lonely bridesmaid catches the bouquet. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. Now please, until we speak next week, go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go.
Now 